This is Advanced Listening, the podcast that couldn't give a damn Arizona's been cracking for the last three days. The podcast that completely forgot what he was supposed to say. The podcast that is pretty sure Frank Castle wants to murder you for taking his skull logo. With your hosts, Hinnerch and Ryan. No. What fucking package? Yeah, no. Hold, hold on a second. Steve, get the fuck back in the boot. No, you shut your fucking mouth. Give me that. Nah! Back in the boot. You fucking smell. You have got to start showering before you come over to record, jackass. All right, Nooch, look. Yeah, no, I get it. I see that it's an important package, but is it as important as our... Right, okay. Yeah, I'll just do that then. I'll bring you on a remote. You ready? Hold on. Hang up. Let me get it set up so I can bring you on a remote. You ready? All right. Let me just. Nooch, you there? And through the miracle of technology, he has risen. That's not right. I shouldn't do that. That is not right at all. Lazarus, come forward. I don't want to. I'm sleeping in. Fuck you, Jesus. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm not in the uh in the booth today to protect Steve. Just five more minutes, Jesus. Because I am I'm actually sitting outside. So if you hear some weird noises, uh could be cars going by. I I am yes. waiting on very yes, Steve, you you get to deal with the ambient noise. That's that's why we have all that expensive equipment in the booth, you fuckhead. He doesn't know how to use any of that. He doesn't know how to press buttons. He doesn't know how to press buttons. That's how stupid he is. Dude, so even though today is going to be – actually, you know what? It's perfect. Today's a little unorthodox, right? Right. And who are we talking about? Das Red Hot Chili Pepper. Um, this, this has been a hell of a ride. And, hey, why don't you explain to the people how we're laying this one out because this is a little bit different. All right. So we got together this week, and we were discussing – because we knew we wanted to do chili peppers. We had discussed doing a chili peppers episode. God, like right around episode three or four, we started talking about doing a chili peppers episode. But the chili peppers have like 12 albums, right? And some of the other bands that we're going to start getting into in the next couple of weeks are also in the 10, 11, 12, 13 album range. And so, real quick, I'm, I'm going to jump in for those that aren't aware, and I'm sure I'm sure you are. Whenever we're doing our homework for the week, we like to make it from point A to point Z in the discography. So, yeah, with we, that being said, go ahead. And not even it's not just like we put the shit on and we're we're listening to it in the background where we're doing chores. We advance our listening too. We practice what we preach here in advanced listening, and Absolutely. we fucking. When we when we're doing our homework, it's just that it's homework. We're digging into Absolutely. it. We're taking notes. Yeah. 
So what we decided to do um, is on some of the bands that have a discography over 10, we're going to split it up. Yeah. Uh, so like, for example, with the Red Hot Chili Peppers and some bands have like very, very clear distinguishing lines. Like if we were to do Metallica, clearly the, the, the line is at the Black Album, right? I, you know, it, I I think I I think the peppers are a better example of that than hold on loud truck give me a second. Well, the Chili Peppers, the first three albums are very much in the same vein, and then when you get to Mother's Milk, Blood Hot, uh, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic, and One Hot Minute, they start maturing a little bit. But there is a clear dividing line between One Hot Minute and California Cation, which is it, the next it's, album. It's so literally like. It's like a completely different band. Right. So what we decided to do is find that dividing line and split the discography up in two. So we're going to do the first part of the Red Hot Chili Peppers career, the first act of Chili's uh, career, and then maybe, probably <laughs> in season two, we'll get into the second act of the Chili Peppers career because uh, we've got a lot of bands lined up. But what we're going to do today is take you from... Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers through Freaky Styly, Uplift, Mofo, Party Plan, Into Mother's Milk, Blood Sugar, Sex, Magic, and Through One Hot Minute, which is the first six albums of Chili Peppers' career. And I, I, I'm going to be the first one to say this. And, and in our previous discussions throughout the week, I was actually kind of surprised uh, that you were in a similar boat as me because I'm going to go ahead and say it, that you know the Peppers better than me. Okay, I, I will put that out there. Oh, uh oh. Oh, you got it, buddy. You okay? I'm squared away. You good? No, but I'll be all right. <laughs> um, I was so blown away when I started this first Chili Peppers album, and not not. Let me explain. I was blown away because it's not at all what I thought it was gonna be. No, it right? is. This it is so radically different from Californication oh. and Stadium Arcadium. And even if you think you know Peppers, let's be honest, if you've never dug in, and this is me before this last week, okay? So I'm not judging anybody. I'm saying this is actually probably very common. When you think Peppers and you think old Peppers, what's the song everybody goes to? What is it? Under the Bridge, Give It Away Now. That is your old Peppers to most people. But I will honestly say by the time we get to Under the Bridge and Give It Away Now, they have found their new sound. Yeah, Under the Bridge is a development song. Under the Bridge, I think, is the song where they start becoming what the Chili Peppers will be by the time they get to Californication. But we'll get to that with the next episode, right? But, yeah, and we'll get into Californication and and, uh, uh, Stadium Arcadium. And, by the way, all those albums after uh, One Hot Minute, there's like five of them. And they're putting out a new album pretty soon, too. John Fushanti's back in the band for his third 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 stint with the fucking chilies okay uh, john is back you, in the band and then uh so didn't you tell me that, that was your, your, didn't you tell me that that was your favorite uh like whenever that dude is dropping albums he's he's one of your favorite peppers guitarists no but the thing about john fushante is is he is the guitarist that brings the chili out of the peppers word I like you feel that. me. I, like he is, I think John Fushante, if you look at the albums that he has played on, 
Yeah. They're the quintessential Red Hot Chili Peppers albums. Okay. You know what I mean? It's Mother's Milk. It's Blood Sugar Sex Magic. It's Californication. You know what I mean? These are the Stadium Arcadium, and by the way, are also Fashante albums. These are probably the five best albums by the Chili Peppers, and they're all John Fashante albums. So, so before we get too far ahead of ourselves, I want to talk about uh, this revelation I recently had called the Red Hot Chili Peppers self-titled album. Yeah. Now, now the self-titled album is good. Freaky Styley is better. And the Uplift Mofo Party Plan of those first three albums that have a very, very unique and specific sound to them, I think the third one is the shit. And I'm going to say it, most of you, unless you're just a diehard Peppers fan, most of you have never heard this shit. And you yeah, need it's to not what you think it is. It is no, not It is no. not scar tissue. It is not under the bridge. No. No. It is funk mixed funk. with drugs and punk rock. It is so raw and fucking pure and unadulterated. Like we were discussing this just last night, Orion. I don't mind saying that because it's it's a point that we both brought up. It's so genuine, dude. It's so fucking real. Yeah, the manic crazy coming from Flea and Anthony Kiedis is not. It's not an act. It doesn't feel contrived. It doesn't feel put on. Yeah, it's not performance art. No. You feel like I feel like if I were hanging out with Anthony Kiedis, he would definitely be talking with his hands all the way out in front of him, and, and Flea would have his tongue sticking out and be doing head rolls. I was gonna say and be in some weird squatched over fucking position where he's like knees are all bent and back humped over and just swinging his bald head around. Like, yes, that is the feeling. And it, what's really cool, and you pointed this out, so I want I'm gonna say it, but this is Orion's point. Um, it's it is okay for this to be background music in fact it's probably better that you have it as background music and i want to say that that is not an insult typically typically if we are saying that you shouldn't really advance your listening on this band because it's just background noise it's meant as a disregarding of what they're doing right or as an insult right but in this particular instance in this very specific instance it is 100 percent the best way to listen to this band well but but i i'm gonna i'm gonna tip the iceberg and, and once again you're probably gonna be a dominant force in this episode because even though i did my homework i um i can only tell you about what i felt about it i i normally have all kinds of little facts and and spewing out wikipedia type shit but that's gonna be more of your your thing today um but i do want to say that like you can hear the fun you know what i mean like you can hear you can hear that these dudes don't give a fuck. They knew what their style was. It's just weird. And keep in mind, people, this album came out in 1984. Right? Right? And so it's like they're holding on to this really powerful 80s hip-hop vibe, but then that funky-ass fucking bass, and Anthony Kiedis is just a weird motherfucker, dude, especially in these early albums. All the uh, all the Chili Peppers. Okay, so what you get is is the first three Chili Peppers albums is Flea and Kiedis, right? The, uh, the, the Chad Smith, the drummer, hasn't come on yet. Uh, John Fashante hasn't come on yet. The, uh, the name of the guitarist who passed away, his name is Hellel Slovak. He's the original guitarist of the Chili Peppers, right? He passes away in 87? 88. He dies in 88. 
Then they they shortly after that they get a new drummer guy named Chad Smith, who by the way is fucking Will Ferrell's doppelganger. Absolutely. And then they bring on John Fushante. And then what you get is is prior to '88 with with Hellel Slovak, it was a uh, this really punky funk wonderful party music what i mean is this these early chili peppers albums are like the most perfect house party music of all time absolutely i'm gonna make i'm gonna make this this disclaimer right now and i mean it 100 i mean it the next time i have any kind of event at my house i'm going to make a playlist of the first two chili peppers albums and that will be what's bumping at my house the, the original drummer, by the way, his name is uh, Cliff Martinez. But the the Chili Peppers' first three albums, they're, they're funky, they're groovy, they're punk rock. You can dance to them. You can have a conversation while it drifts away in the background. It is perfect, perfect house party music. But right? you, know what, you know what it's not, though? And this is, once again, I hate, I hate doing this, but this is something we've already discussed. Um, I, it's... When we said it's okay to do background listening, it's actually almost difficult to do what we call advanced listening. Because it's nonsensical. The first three albums are completely nonsensical. It's nonsense. If you're looking for a deep, powerful meaning the way that we we really like to do in our music, bro, you're not going to find it. No, 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 no. This is a band. A band based on a plan. A plan about a party full of mofos. Yeah. An uplift plan. An uplift mofo party plan, yes. if you will. Yes. And I don't know. It's really weird. Uh, it's it's. I, I feel, you know, the last time we had to really educate ourselves on older uh, stuff from a band was Avenged Sevenfold episode. And that was mm-hmm. literally fucking gut-wrenchingly painful to do uh, to be honest it was a slog it was an absolute slog at the end of it i already wasn't a big fan of the band but by the time we got done doing our homework i fucking hated that band yeah um with this it's like i don't know man it puts me in a good mood like you can i found myself sitting there listening to uh the second album which by the way i want to point out the second album is it's like almost exactly like the self-titled album but with a higher production value and you can tell they're not necessarily reining it in right but they're kind of they're kind of executing a little bit more as opposed to just going yeah their execution in their punk funk mix becomes uh cleaner yeah so to speak but you got you got songs on that second album that are absurd like sex rap is fucking absurd. I think that Catholic was, schoolgirls rule I, is an absurd song. I think sex rap was my favorite. Yeah, me too. But <laughs> like, there's the last track on that album is the definition of what the fuck weird. It is called Yertle the Turtle, oh, and it is this it. journey of Yertle the Turtle and his dude it's so fucking punk rock meets funk like that's the best way to describe it it's so because like they are literally screaming at you well i'm sorry they are figuratively screaming at you that they don't give a flying fuck while they write this weird ass song about a fucking turtle but let me tell you something it's a goddamn good song it's a good song it is you know what it is a really really good fucking house party song because you can dance to it, man. I mean, it, it, it is weird and goofy, and it will spark people to look at each other and have conversations. Now, 
Now, here's the thing that's going to blow your mind about the Yertle the Turtle song. Do you know who wrote Yertle the Turtle? I do not. Dr. Motherfucking Seuss. What? Dude. Dude. I'm, I shit you not. It's, that song is written by Dr. I, Seuss. Whenever, it's a Dr. Seuss poem. Whenever it's me and you just on the phone or on Marco Polo or whatever, and you drop some kind of weird bomb on me like that, I don't always believe you because you like to fuck with me. But when, I'm not fucking with you, man. Whenever we're on the podcast, your your word is pretty much uh, solid and dependable because you don't really you don't really fuck with me on the podcast. But so I don't doubt you. Um, real quick, there's something else in the second album before before we really move on. I, I don't remember the name of the song, right? But like Anthony Kiedis is it, first of all, he's done this thing with his voice since day one, where he just likes to say a word real weird. Right, like you cannot stop Anthony Cadence from using this cadence. No, he's done that shit since day one. And there's a song on the second album. That I, that, I, yeah, but that's part of the reason why we were talking about how this band seems super fucking genuine in their looniness. Yes, you know what I mean. It doesn't. It doesn't feel contrived because Anthony Kiedis didn't one day decide to start doing that. He's always done that. Flea didn't decide one day to be the flea as the character he's always been that guy yeah, exactly. you know what i mean he was that guy in middle school like fuck yeah he was that guy in middle school and he would have been my bestie yeah if he was that guy at my middle school. but there's this song he where he's like he's like red hot <laughs> like the, he doesn't even by the time he's getting to chili and pepper he's not even really saying words anymore you can just yeah no it's red hot <laughs> yeah, right. You know he's heading towards Chili Peppers. You get it, right? But it's not what he says. He doesn't really say anything. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, no, but you do. There's a there's a couple covers on there from like Sly and the Family and the Meteors, which are you know they're punk rock bands. Um, so but they funk them up so much. There, there there's a lot of good stuff on Freaky Styley. But Freaky Styley isn't that isn't the end all be all. You know what I mean? No. Especially in this early era of the, the chili peppers. By the time you get to that third album, the Uplift Mofo Party Plan. Yeah. They really have gotten very good yes. at being the loony zany early chili peppers. And uh say I can't I'm so bad at their album names. Say the album name again. The Uplift Mofo this is the first album and keep in mind i didn't do very good at remembering the songs and shit like that but this album the party plan has, is the first time that i think they really put out what i like what you and i like to call bangers like this this album well there's one banger on the on the second album freaky styley is a quote radio hit style banger okay yeah fair enough fair enough and that is definitely before they were doing radio shit like oh yeah no there's not a lot of radio shit on these first three albums like the whole entirety of those three albums you may get two i mean two radio songs it's freaky styly and fight like a brain that's it fight like that's a brain. fucking it i i fight like brain. i love that one don't be afraid Oh yeah, that's a good song. Um, but really, where the magic lies for me, huh? You pick up what I'm putting down there. Yes. Where where the magic lies for me is definitely, 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 definitely blood sugar sex magic. 
blood sugar baby. Blood sugar sex magic is when the chili peppers learn to be yeah. what they will become. Yes. But 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 you you skipped a you skip mother's milk. Mother's milk. Mother's Milk is a key album in the advancement and the growth of the Chili Peppers. Dr. you stole my fucking line there. And what's funny is, for disclosure, Orion and I haven't discussed our, our individual feelings with each other on Mother's Milk yet because, honestly, I don't know about him, but I, I slacked off this week. I, I, I crammed the last two days. So we haven't discussed Mother's Milk. Um, that is it's really my take on it is it's like mother's milk is the culmination of the chaos mixed with execution of professionalism yes now they're 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 starting to mature you bring in chris and 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 john right now you have the chili peppers as god intended right right Right. you've got anthony kiedis you've got fleet john fushante chris the fucking will ferrell doppelganger yeah is on the on the skins you start when you start getting into Mother's Milk, right? They've got a, a Stevie Wonder cover of Higher Ground, which is fucking amazing. They do a speed punk version of Jimi Hendrix Fire, which is fucking unreal. Let me stand and do your fire. Oh, yeah, baby. Let me stand and do your fire. Move over, Rover. Yeah. And let Anthony take over. They, wow! And they're so like, like I said, I, I have to double back because the feeling that we talked about earlier really comes out in this album. This is genuine chaos. This is genuine. Like these dudes are fucking insane, and yes. they they turn that insanity into energy, and that energy is conveyed through the fucking music. And but the other the other thing is is with the first three albums there's a raw very raw feel to those raw. albums. By the time you get to Mother's Milk, with the additions of Smith and and Fushante, now you're starting to see this. Not only is this band mature as far as lyrically and their content is concerned, but the way they put that content out, the production value, the the, the it, instrumentation of the music. I love it, I, everything has stepped up in this in this album. And something that's been exciting for me and I'm really excited to continue our our listening on it in the following weeks whenever we decide to do the other half of the chili peppers. Um I feel like I'm watching them all grow and you can literally hear it from album to album. Right? Like you can Oh re- yeah and Flea being the biggest the the biggest example of that because yes. his advancement from the first album Red Hot Chili Peppers, even through just the second album Freaky Styley, you can hear him can. learning and getting better yes. every single time. He is becoming more of what you think of as fleet. And, and and what's so funny is most of us that and you know the, once again Peppers has been around since motherfucking eighty four, bro. It's twenty twenty and we're there, we're still putting out work. And and that goes back to do you remember that conversation? we had a while back about bands that were around at that time that are not only still pumping out albums but they're themselves yeah how many bands how many bands from 1984 are still true to their roots of themselves while allowing themselves to grow and play with music and expand their horizons and the and the genre in which they live in. The the closest thing that I, I can think of whenever you drop that year, and you're not gonna like this, okay? But let me finish. ACDC. And the reason why I'll say that is because in the 80s, uh, Brian Johnson was already doing his thing, 
And other than a handful of really, really good songs, ACDC has been shit since Brian Johnson joined. So they have continued to pump out shit with their most recent shit. That, did you know that that Black Ice album was released exclusively through Walmart? You, yeah, that's the only. Ew. Unless you found it, used, unless you found it used somewhere, you couldn't get it at Barnes and Noble. You couldn't get any record store. You know what that means, don't you? Walmart has a strict policy of not allowing the sales of albums with explicit lyrical content. Truth, right? Which means if your album is being sold at Walmart, it is the pussified version of your album. If you bought the Slipknot album at Walmart, you should slap yourself until my hands. No, no, I, I was gonna say no. You fucking scumbag. Slap yourself. You yes, I am talking about you because we all know you went and bought fucking Iowa, the fucking pussified version at Walmart. You little bitch. Now let me be clear about. God, I hate let, let me be clear about something. If you did buy uh, a buddy of mine actually bought an Insane Clown Posse album at Walmart. Um, we're not we're not gonna get into that. But if you actually have ever done that you don't slap yourself you email us at advanced listening pod at yahoo.com and you give us your address we will come over to your house slap the shit out of you for you yeah i have no problem doing that no i have no problem doing that just make sure listen this all we require as part of our uh, travel expenses is first class accommodation of course uh, we need first class plane tickets, first class hotel. That's a given. We need to be picked up by Uber yeah. XL. That's I want a fucking goddamn Escalade picking miles up at the airport. I also need about a four to five hundred dollar per day weed and food per diem. Yeah, but that's all very obvious and that's a given, right? That's dumb. right. That that's in our rider. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's basic. No, but seriously, and nothing, nothing but red and white M and M. Yeah, I like the green. God damn it! I want the green ones. No, 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 you filthy heathen. Red and white, that's it. You know, you can't just shit on me because you're the fucking powerhouse and you're the guy and I'm just like the fucking Dr. Drew type sidekick. You can't just deny me my fucking green M&Ms. This shit is unacceptable. I absolutely can. Hey, let me tell you something. Um, you do that. You know why I can? You do that. I'm in the studio if you right that, now. If you do that. Are you in the studio? If you, Are you in the studio? If. Are you in the studio? No. Right. Which is why I get to fill out the rider. God damn it. But to get back to the fucking point, the only- Okay, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. yeah. Before we, before we, before, let me just say, I, 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 there is a thing that I discovered yet, uh, the other day that blew my goddamn brain out the back of my skull. What? I showed this to you and you were like, what the fuck? What the <gasps> fuck? What the fuck? Okay. There is a thing on this album that when I tell you, you won't believe me. You fucking heathens. You goddamn heathens. Stop. I don't know why. Stop. I don't know why you wouldn't believe me. Probably because you're all a bunch of unwashed peasants. Stop. But Stop. you should believe me because daddy is always right. Stop it. You. There is a thing on this album. It's a song. It's called Pretty Little Dirty with an instrumental breakdown in the middle that is incredibly familiar for some odd reason. I had to look this up just to make sure, just to make sure. Because in the middle of this song, there's this weird little fucking breakdown, right? It is the exact, not even like a little different. It is because I listened to them side by side. It was absurd. It is 
there's a song by a band called Crazy Town that came out in the mid '90s called Butterfly, right? Come, come my lady, come, come my lady. She's my butterfly, sugar baby. You all know the song because it was in all kinds of stupid movies, and every girl who was a popular little, you know, tramp, tramp stamp, have an ass bitch. Yeah. All the cheerleaders in your high school loved that song, and whenever it came on, it was no. like, oh, this is my song. No. All the cheerleaders that put out. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Everybody loved, all the girls in your high school loved this song, right? Butterfly, right? Butterfly, that riff, that boo, boo, doo, boo, the guitar, the bass, the drums, everything, that whole 100% of that song is a complete 100% plagiarization of Pretty Little Dirty by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which came out in 1980, or no, was it 89 or 91? It's 89. 89. This song comes out in 1989. Yeah. Right? And then like eight years later, the fucking crazy town assholes are completely stealing it. And I feel like, I feel like crazy town was like, you know, we're really shitty. No one's going to ever notice that we just totally ripped off the chili peppers because it's not like there's any chance we'll ever get big. Can, and then they got big. And then that was the single. Yeah. And you notice how they never did anything else after that? Let me because the chili peppers sued them into the dirt. Let me uh, let me uh, show you the other side of that coin. Right. They were like, oh, my God, we're the greatest band in the history of anything. Right. And so we're going to take this obscure riff that's two minutes in to a Chili Peppers song that nobody remembers. A Chili Peppers B-side on an album that very few people know. See, and that's honestly the way my brain works. I can see that sneaky shit being a tactic. Now, I also want to present, I want to play devil's advocate here and say that you could, for all intents and purposes, call that a sample. No, you can't because they're not, they're not. Look, if, if they were uh, if their DJ was playing the Chili Peppers record and sampling that bit, fine. But that's not what's happening here. The guitarist, bassist, and drummer are actively playing a riff somebody else wrote. That's called plagiarization. I'm looking at you, Vanilla Ice. I'm looking at you, Vanilla Ice. I'm looking at you too, Avenged Sevenfold, you fucking motherfucker. Oh. And none of those, and by the way, the Avenged Sevenfold, this means war versus sad but true thing is is really kind of fucked up and weird. The Vanilla Ice cha- adding a symbol to, to fucking uh, uh, at the David Bowie song Under Pressure and then calling it his own is kind of weird. But this, this is the most egregious rift theft I have ever seen. It is, it is like it's ungoddamn believable wait are we doing wait avenge sevenfold no the fucking uh uh the the crazy oh, town ripoff oh. of the chili peppers I'm sorry is I- the most egregious riff ripoff ever so i have to I have to full disclosure i have smoked a blunt and a half in the 30 minutes that we've been recording and then a, a fedex truck just drove by and so I kind of didn't hear any fucking thing that you said because I was staring at this FedEx truck and I'm super stoned. So please, please forgive me for uh, for all of that. Oh, 
okay. So what you're saying is, is you desperately want to be the new Steven? <laughs> don't you ever, don't you ever compare me? Look, I'm a, I'm a really, I'm a loving guy, right? You're the anger and I'm the peace. Okay. I'm the one that, yeah, yeah. No, I'm the hot one and you're the cool one. In it that you remain cool and I get fucking hot. And and and, and also and that I'm really gorgeous and you're kind of cool. Yeah, well you can you know, this is something What? Do you, what? Do you just wanna fucking go full blown like uh mud you just wanna take a break, Orion? Huh? You wanna take a break and start some different podcasts? No, I mean it, we've got blood sugar sex magic one hot minute. We can do no. uh, those two albums. I was talking about. Day. I was talking about taking a full blown break, but you comparing me to Steven. I was thinking I might go start another podcast with my buddy. Uh, but oh, 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 oh! You're gonna you're gonna do a you're gonna do a hell yeah situation, huh? Yeah, yeah. And oh, you know, I got me and me and my dude, uh, me and my dude Geo, we're gonna start a podcast about fucking wild life endangerment. Yeah, well, me and my really good friend, uh, no, his name is Scooch. <laughs> I will replace you with Scooch, and we will call this listening to the advance. You know what's funny? You know what's funny is nobody would even notice. <laughs> no, it'd be like this is listening to the advance with your hosts, Scooch and Orion. And all, all, all our listeners would be like, yeah, this is normal. This is the same goddamn thing. Why did Nooch's Nooch's voice got deeper? It sounds like Nooch's balls finally wait, dropped. Wait, fuck yourself right in the face. <laughs> hey, so what? What I what I really and I'm not necessarily trying to wrap this up uh, yet, but like we once we get into blood sugar, I want to get back on track here. Uh, <laughs> once we get into blood sugar, I feel like is it just me or does that? I'm not blaming them. I'm not mad at them. I'm not hating on them. But is it just me or does Blood Sugar have a lot more cocaine in it than the last albums? Yes, absolutely. But there's a reason and a rhyme for it. It's uh, when you get to Blood Sugar Sex Magic, what has been happening in the Red Hot Chili Peppers since 1988? And, and we're in what, 94 when Blood Sugar Sex Magic comes out? Yeah. Is it 94? No. The 94? 96. 90, 96? It was 91. Okay. Blood Sugar Sex Magic is released in 1991, right? Mother's Milk is 89. Magic is 91. Um, so for the last couple of years, they have been numbing the pain of their good friend, Hellel Slovak's death. Right. Through narcotics of all kinds. Um, when you get to Blood Sugar Sex Magic... What happens is, is you put the Chili Peppers, the, the the four members of the Chili Peppers, in a house with Rick Rubin, right, in some haunted house in L.A., right, and you know, ooh, let me tell you something about Rick Rubin. Fucking look, man, I'm not gonna go off on a too long of a tangent because, to be real, I want to save this for our Slipknot episode. But I'm gonna I'm gonna tiptoe and say that this motherfucker is is a really popular producer. He's worked with a lot of the metal bands that you and I know and love: Slayer, Slipknot, uh, clearly, you know, Peppers, shit like that. But later on, once once we get into like the 2000s, Rick Rubin, that dude is a fucking asshole, dude. And I'm gonna leave it alone there. I'm sorry, but I just heard you say his name and I got mad, like. You know what? It, it, Rick Rubin, everybody thinks of him as this genius producer. He's good. I'll have to disagree. You know who's a genius producer who doesn't get enough credit? 
No. Ross Robinson. Yeah. Do you know who Ross Robinson is? I sure do, but why don't you tell our listeners just in case they don't. They you don't, don't. You up. fucking liar. <laughs> Ross Robinson is the guy that produced the first two Corn albums. Okay. Ross Robinson is the producer on the first Slipknot and the second Slipknot album. Ross Robinson is the guy who gave $3 bill y'all to the masses and then left that band alone and watched them implode into limp butt skin. Right, wait, can can I can I tell you uh, that you know Ross Robinson is responsible for I'm I'm ninety percent sure he did uh, uh, around the fur as well. Mm. Do you know what that means to me? Especially whenever you mention the first couple corn albums and the first couple Slipknot albums, Ross Robinson knows how to convey emotion. Ross Robin know, knows how to let the the band do what they do to put that raw what the fuck am i listening to why is this affecting me the way that it is type music where rick rubin is much better at working with bands like slayer where i'm sorry don't get me wrong i will i'll defend this some other time slayer is bass metal right like just it's, it just is it's good it's great but it's just kind of beat your head against something metal and i think that's where rick rubin fucking belongs sorry yeah i'm looking at a list of the bands that ross robinson has produced on and it's <laughs> you might as well like seriously goddamn the deftones i was right uh the deftones uh, second album and their third album white pony right limp biscuits first album yeah you know what hey 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 before we get back on track, because we are really derailing here. Yeah, I, I don't care, because I'm looking at this list, and it is goddamn unbelievable. Because you won't believe me when I tell you, because I said the, 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 the first Korn albums and the first two Slipknot albums, right? But did you also know that they were responsible for two of my favorite Machine Head albums? <laughs> Ross Robinson was the producer on Through the Ashes of Empires and The Blackening. Son of a oh, bitch. Oh, by the way, Ross Robinson is the guy that brought us Blutes. Uh, Roots, Bloody Roots by Sepultura. Dude, dude. And the last three Tech Nine albums. What? We should get together. We should get together and get some Ross Robinson tattoos. <laughs> I'm I'm down. I mean, I am fucking down. Tweet it to him. We're like, here you go, bro. Jesus Christ! It's the like the Fear Factory is on this list. The list of fucking bands that he has fucking produced is like my favorite bands list. Hey, do you want to hear something? I want to I want to hear your genuine reaction to this. And I don't give a fuck what you or anybody else thinks. When it comes to uh good old Fred Durst and Limp Dipstick, right? Um I really like Sig Significant Other. It's a good album. You need to you need to stop no. right now. Go go inside. And wash your mouth out with soap. Dude, that's a good fucking album, man. It is an okay and album. You know Listen, if, on top stop. of that, no, on top of that, fucking chocolate starfish, hot dog flavored water. Half of that's a good album. Uh, 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 I think I'm literally gonna have a brain melt. I, I'm I might just literally. I, all right, no, this we're done. I'm breaking <laughs> up with you. I can't be your friend anymore. <laughs> I don't know you. Stranger danger. Stranger danger. And we'll get into that when we do our Limp Biscuits. Stop. They don't get more. Because $3, listen, Significant Other would have been a good goddamn album if $3 Bill Y'all didn't exist. But $3 Bill Y'all does exist, y'all. Yeah. And that album is a motherfucker. <laughs> and in comparison, the hot 
hot dog flavored water. <laughs> yeah, and the chocolate starfish. You know what it's like? Is ass. I actually, that, that album is ass. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. I actually remember his exact note change on that, and it almost sounds unintentional. Okay, so yeah, Fred Durst does his weird Fred Durst thing. Right? Oh, okay, but wait. Oh, Clem Biscuit. <laughs> when he does chocolate. Like, seriously, I've, I've heard Muppets that can sing better than Fred Durst. Shut up. Listen. When he does that intro. Animal. Animal on the Muppets from the Muppet Band. Much better singer than Fred Durst. Mm -hmm. <laughs> much better. Considerably better. Fred Durst, yeah! Listen, when Fred Durst says the word. Sometimes I'm gonna let it all good out. I'm a good thing's my way. It's my way. My way or the highway. Stop. <laughs> when he says the word fish, he goes up. So, yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like, ladies and gentlemen, the chocolate starfish. <laughs> the chocolate starfish, hot dog flavored water, creator, with your goddamn backwards red Yankee hat. The Yankees are blue. They wear blue with pink stripes. There's no goddamn red Yankees. You know what? We we should. That's why the Red Sox are red. It's red versus blue. Jesus, goddamn Christ, get a Red Sox hat, you fuckstick. So, let me ask you, Orion, real question. How long until you think we do the other half of the peppers? I have no idea. I figured we'd probably do it. Um, I figured we'd probably give it a couple of months and let it breathe and then uh, do uh, the second half of the Chili's career in uh, the second season. So, wait, was I supposed to go farther than Blood Sugar Sex Magic? Because I didn't. No, we can stop at Blood Sugar Sex Magic if you want yeah. and then use one hot minute on the next go round. What year did one hot minute come out? One hot minute, by the way, is the one I know you're going to like the least because it's got your favorite guitarist, Dave Navarro. I fucking hate that guy. God damn. I know. I know you do. That's why I incited you just now. I kind of wish you didn't even fucking tell me that he was on the album because I bet I bet if I didn't put my because I cannot help but put my bias into that same same thing as like uh Tommy Lee right like what is your issue with 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 are you the, fucking the, kidding the man the myth the legend that is Tommy fucking Lee Lem okay listen to me closely because I fucking mean this other than hot for teacher leave that alone okay Okay. He, I'm a better drummer than Tommy Lee, and nobody. Not, not, not to mention that "Hot for Teacher" is a Van Halen song, oh. but whatever. Cool. Well, no, did he not do that? Is that not Tommy Lee doing? No, that's Van Halen. <laughs> not "Hot for Teacher." What is that? What is that fucking song? Where he starts out with that, with that double bass, and it sounds like a, a yeah. engine rumbling. That's hot for Okay, well, cool. Never mind then. Tommy Lee. That's a Van Halen song. See, then there you go. I was trying to give credit to this son of a bitch that he didn't even deserve. Tommy Lee is an over fucking rated drummer. I I am a better drummer than that dude. Like for real. I can I can play any fucking Motley Crue song after listening to it for twenty fucking minutes. Yes, 
but that's not the point of Motley Crue. Motley Crue was never the band that was going to give you the more complicated, interesting. No, no, but it's not about that. It's and a the, the really very, the very, very detailed drum fill. It's about the no. people stroke his fucking dick. Like, oh my god, Tommy Lee sat in a completely stabilized cage and rotated around. Do you think he even noticed that he was rotating around? Other than the syndrome? No, he was. He was he was in a uh, he was in a goddamn fucking like roller coaster. Yeah, there, I mean, there's that's not I, impressive. But, but you know what? I've also seen many a drummer do that, and you know who did it best? It was fucking Joey, Joey Jordanson when they did that thing where he elevated his drum kit and his drum kit spins upside down and he's playing the drums upside down, not just spinning sideways but upside fucking down. That shit was dope. As fuck. See, I have a, I have a feeling. He's so fast in life. I have a, I have a feeling that I'm about to uh, run into my apartment for a minute and grab a bowl, and then you and I are about to have a conversation about drummers. Maybe. I do want to. I do want to just real quick on the Blood Sugar Sex Magic album. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This album is the end of the end of the 80s era for the for the chili peppers it is they're they're dealing they're finally starting to deal with the death of hell slovak right which is where you get stuff like under the bridge of time um and uh what's the other song on there that you could have lied i believe is the name of that song now they're fine these they're, they're matured they are i could have lied excuse me i could have lied and under the bridge you're getting a, a mature Red Hot Chili Peppers. This is the beginning of an era for the Chili Peppers where you can start taking a deeper meaning away from their lyrics because their lyrics actually start meaning something at this point. Um, this is the beginning of them becoming who everybody thinks of when they hear the name Red Hot Chili Peppers. You know what I mean? I, I really want to point out a progression that... Uh... You and I, you and I discussed the other night. I feel like through these albums up to to Blood Sugar Sex Magic, it's like Anthony Kiedis is learning that he can sing, right? Yeah, and he doesn't even believe it himself. No, not yet. No, he really doesn't. He just wants to stick to that really choppy cadence that he he adores even to this day, uh, and he just kind of likes to make sounds, right? Like, which is cool. It, I have no issues with that, but here with with where we're approaching in this time in their career, like you said, dealing with the death of their buddy and bandmate, um, he's exploring, I feel like, more of his soul, and he's letting some shit out, and you can hear it translate on the album, and I feel like he's stepping into a phase where he is having more confidence in his vocal abilities, and he's stepping out of his box. Yeah, Under the Bridge. Yeah. Under the Bridge yeah. to me seems to be the song where not only people convinced him that he could sing and he believed them, right? And then, then you start seeing a more adult, I don't know, empathetic or introspective yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers after that. It's They're growing up. Yeah. But there's a there's one more song that I want to mention real quick before we get out called Apache Rose Peacock. <laughs> okay, it sounds that this motherfucking song is about your city. You know that, right? I don't. I didn't. I didn't know that. And I'm gonna also say that that just the name of that song sounds like a fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers song. Like, <laughs> yeah, this song is so fucking insane, right? And I was just like, oh, here we go again, just another nonsensical lyrics, uh, uh, uh filled fucking Chili Pepper song, right? But then I realized they're singing about New Orleans. 
Yeah. And then all of a sudden, all the lunacy and nonsensicalness of that song started making sense. Like, I'm listening to it and he starts singing stuff like lunatics on pogo sticks and redneck hicks involved in politics. And I'm like, are you just trying to rhyme words? (laughs) And then he gets to the whole chorus. The chorus of the song is like, New Orleans is this place that I want to be. And it's so fucking insane and free. And I'm like, yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, no, because you would find lunatics on pogo sticks and redneck hicks involved in politics in that city for sure. That That's incredible. So that one's definitely going to be on our playlist that you can find on Spotify, Advanced Listening Season 1. You fucking heathen. You like that? Hey, yeah, real do. quick, I'm going to give Beautiful you my drop. final thoughts on this. Um, I think so far what I've listened to is this band knew who they were from day one they are a wild group of unpredictable uncontrollable talented artists and i feel that through these what four four albums or was it five five wow through these five albums you witness the growth and power of a band that is soon to dominate the the mid 90s and early 2000s and um uh, it's really cool like i don't expect anybody to sit there and listen to all the albums but do yourself a favor and like pick one or two off the 80 something albums right like 80 84 86 right then pick one or two in your early 90s before you move to the 2000s witness witness the power uh that is a real cohesive unit they're all together they're on the same page in their insanity and uh powerful shit yeah, I. Uh, so the first three albums for me, it, it, Mother's Milk changes it. But for the first three albums, the Red Hot Chili Peppers are this wonderful combination of like punk and funk infused with hip hop elements, but like early '80s hip hop. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. uh, kind of Grand Funk Railroad hip hop. Love it. And uh, and they have this weird local zony LA surfer vibe to them. This Venice Beach kind of you're not welcome on this beach kind of vibe, which I think somebody gets in their ear right before they make Mother's Milk. And I think it's probably the addition of Chad and, and uh, the John Tushante that gets them to uh, kind of relinquish that feel of this is an LA locals only kind of beach. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and you start seeing them mature and you start seeing them open up to a broader audience. And the, the Chili Peppers to me... Wait, let me... Let despite me, how you feel about them... I'm sorry? Yeah, one second. It's like, I, I just... I, I heard everything that you were saying and I thought about the music. And it's like, they were the band playing on the beach with all the cool kids at the party that you weren't fucking invited to. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like the, the cool surfer kids knew about the Chili Peppers. The rest of you weren't allowed to know. Right. Um... But they they have become this band that they are that is really kind of you know unique and introspective and it it, it they have softened over the years but they're still like very true to the idea of what they want to be as a band and here's the thing that always struck me they are genuine as fuck it's not an act it doesn't it never felt like the Chili Peppers were putting on an act like some bands like there's a band called Ghost right. And they wear all this this makeup and they dress up in their, their, their black suits with their black ties. And it's very much fucking like Quentin Tarantino suits, right? Ghost, for whatever reason to me, and my dog Ghost just walked down the stairs looking at me like, what? What, daddy? What? Um, 
that band always felt contrived to me. It felt fake. It's like they sat around and came up with the idea, and it wasn't really something that naturally just occurred. You know what I mean? I, and the Chili Peppers with the with the, the manic, crazy mayhem and funky, groovyness to them, and then the you know outrageousness of the members of that band always felt genuine as fuck. You know what I mean? Like that is who they are, and their music is an expression of their craziness. Word. And that's how you advance your motherfucking listen. You got me? Yo, yo, yo. <coughs> yo. 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 <coughs> yo. Oh. Yeah? When you said earlier, when you said we should do a No Doubt episode, you know what popped into my head is, an, is we should do a, like, a ska episode. Yeah, and see, I'm down for that, but, like, something since, you know, we've really kind of figured our format out since we've done this, right? right. And unless we're just doing a general discussion piece, I don't want to generalize any genres. Like, I'd rather give each band that we choose their due. You know what I mean? Okay, well, I'd rather do a, a Sublime episode than a No Doubt episode then. Well, I mean, we'll fucking do them both. But yeah, you're right. Sublime definitely deserves some uh, love before fucking No Doubt does. Now, well, I don't know if I could slog through all them No Doubt albums. Like the first three, all right. I could do it. And then it's really all right. I think think that was my first uh, celebrity crush, that or Helen Hunt. So I guess I had a thing for blondes. So, So you had a thing for her. So when she turned on you... It made it doubly worse. And what you're... Oh, yeah. You're talking about either Helen Hunt doing a movie with Bill Paxton or Gwen Stefani going solo. No, no. I'm absolutely not talking about Helen Hunt and the greatness that is Bill Paxton, you son God of a damn bitch. It. You son of a bitch. Oh, you, you son of a bitch. You, oh, you motherfucker. You fucking motherfucker. God damn it. Oh, you dirty bitch. Oh, you dirty bitch. You goddamn bitch. Okay, hey, I wait. Mean, you you goddamn it. Goddamn it. Game over, man. Drop no. your linen and stop your grinning. Found do him. Not, do not quote Bill Paxton on this podcast. Hey, hey, you, you are the dorky little brother. I am the big brother Chet in this L- scenario. You go make a fucking lady on your computer, you dirty, you, dirty little bitch. Anybody, you're Biff from Back to the Future. I am not Biff from Back yeah, to the Future. Are. I am Chet you're from Biff. Weird Science. You're fucking Biff. You're fucking Biff. All right, listen. You know what I want to really talk about? What? And I'm going to jump us right back on the fucking tracks here. You're welcome. You're um, welcome. Hey, that's good content, you... you no, I'm going to edit it all out. I'm cutting No, off. you're not. Yes, I am. Hey, no, Steve. Steve. You see, me, you see me looking at you? I'm the one that protects you, buddy. You remember that, all right? I'm, I'm just saying, Bill Paxton is a goddamn genius, you asshole. It's going to be uh, how to advance hearing things with Nooch and a random guy. And a random guy. 
I fucking excuse the first tornado. Actually, for me, honestly, real talk, you just chopped up real bad. So try that one more time. I said Bill Paxton was in the first Terminator movie. What? Whatever, dude. Nobody gives a shit. Hey. Only I... Michael Bean. Hello? I'm I'm losing you. I think we're having connection issues. Orion. Orion. experienced uh, what we like to call uh, uh, technical Stevens. We're sorry. No, we're, we didn't do shit. That fucking asshole in the booth did it. Listen, he gets, he gets a little upset when mommy and daddy fight and doesn't know how to react. And what ended up happening is, is he smashed his head into the board and ran out of the studio. Yeah, but... So we had to get into a car... And actually go find him because he doesn't know his way around this neighborhood. So he's just lost, wandering but aimlessly, since, sucking his thumb. Since we uh, quoted uh, a bunch of Red Hot Chili Peppers and we did Under the Bridge, he he was heading for an an, an overpass to hide under. So yeah, he, 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 he the the thing was is he was sucking his thumb. Yeah, which but we're but we're okay. really set the scene. But we're good. We're good. We're it's good. okay, Stephen. It's okay. We're good. Sit down. No, sit the fuck down. Thank you. We're all good. Thank you. Thank you. He brought me a bong load. He said, here you go. See? See? Every... Hey, what did you want to get into before we started having the uh, Bill Paxton conversation? Which, by the way, you're wrong. Which, by the way, what I wanted to talk about was definitely not Bill goddamn motherfucking Paxton, right? And then let me ask you a question real quick. Let me ask you a question. What? How do you feel about Paul Reiser? Little fucking beta cuck scumbag, fucking little fucking loser ass. That's Paul. That's uh, that's basically what I thought. What about one more, one more, one more? What? Mel Gibson. Fucking Mel Gibson, anti-Semitic, fucking garbage pond scum, worthless, fucking bad you know, actor. Nooch, do you know what Bill Paxton, Paul Reiser, and Mel Gibson all have in common? What? They all played romantic lead opposite of Helen Hunt, who you previously stated was one of your first celebrity crushes. Now, I'm just saying you may not necessarily have an issue with Bill Paxton or Paul Reiser as much as you just don't like people who have kissed your girl. I don't see that connection, and I think you're a stupid person for bringing that up. All right, fair enough. What do you yeah. want to talk about? Well, what I really want—I've so thoroughly proven my point, and you even though per- you can't see it, the masses, unwashed you- as they are, definitely do. You proved nothing. You haven't okay. proved. All right, game over, man. Yo. All right. 
<clears throat> you know what? You want to you get into this? Oh. Okay. What I wanted to talk about, Orion, was <laughs> what um, I guess we might call like the fifth instrument, right? Okay. Like the other thing on stage, uh, uh, a lot of we kind of discussed it a little bit in previous episodes with Mushroom Head, and Slipknot has got like an ungodly amount of people on stage, but they're all doing their part, by the way. It's not just right. random. It's an orchestrated um, event. Slipknot is. is is orchestrated, and in, in, it's the only other way they could get these nine guys on the same page. But they are, make no mistake, on the same page. And I like, I, I think that in a lot of these bands, it's not that they need it, right? But these extra, extra instruments bring another layer. So like the piano, keyboards, <laughs> your yeah, DJs, your, your, your saxophone DJs. players. Fuck yeah. The you know, section and, if you're a ska band. Or, 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 you know, what's really cool is Nonpoint has a couple songs where they bring in a fucking horn section just randomly out of nowhere, like in a breakdown. And, I like and when I, the System of a Down will bring out, will bust out one of those old school Spanish guitars in a couple of their songs, those old school yeah, Spanish dude. acoustic guitars. You might even consider that a fifth element, even though it is a guitar. Or or that band that we've discussed, uh, the band that Ivan Moody was in before Five Finger Death Punch. Like, I, it's technically not a fifth instrument because it's their bass, right? Mm-hmm. But their their bass guitar yeah. is basically all this yeah. is all all this is really just fine and dandy, but it's all bullshit. Because what? earlier in the week, you and I got into a rather rather heated discussion, a, a, a debate, a, a scrap if you will, and it feels to me to be the more interesting conversation, but it's a conversation that you wouldn't have with me, so I had to fucking drop it on you like the hammer of goddamn Thor, and I will come at you with the gusts of a thousand winds as we discuss John motherfucking Bottom, fucking asshole. You want to do this to me right now? Earlier in the week got into a discussion of not whether or not John Bottom was great or not great, because of course he's great, but what is it that makes him so great? Right. And the things and and the songs that are really his standout breakout performances. Right. And it turned into this really heated conversation that Nooch got all butthurt on. And then he wouldn't talk to me for two days. You want to get into this? You're going to do this to me right now? Hold on. So I'm going to drop it on you in the middle of the podcast because you have to talk to me. So, ah. You're going to, you're going to drive me to drinking today? Yeah. You're going to drive me? Hold on. Hold on. All right. You want to get into this? Yeah. See, because I maintain, I maintain that John Bonzo Bonham, his calling card, his fucking magnum opus, his best works is done in a song called Nobody's Fault But Mine. He You're killing off in that motherfucker. You're fucking his killing. His rolls and fills are something to behold, my friend. And he plays, he doesn't <clears throat> play very fast. He's not a fast drummer, but God damn, is he heavy. Are you are you finished? You're gonna take a breath for a second, you you wonderful co-host of mine. Listen, I know you want to call me a heathen. Just call You're me a, a heathen. You are everything you preach against on this podcast. You are an unwashed filth. You need to fucking okay. No, no, I'm not gonna name call because that's not how you approach an argument, right? No, but you you can do that with me because I don't tune out when you call names. I just get more revved up. Most people, when you're arguing with, with somebody, if you start insulting them instead of sticking to the points of your argument, 
typically you'll tune them out and there's no way to get them to change their mind now because they're dug in because you've insulted them, right? So you don't want to do that. But with me, you can absolutely do that. It just makes me want to work harder to prove my point to you. So when I'm done and you go, God damn it, Orion, you're fucking right. Then I'm going to be like, yeah, who's the unwashed math now, motherfucker? You know what's really cool is the uh, entire time that you went on that stupid little rant, I shaved my face, rolled a blunt, and got ready what I was going to say to you. Hey, you shut your Moby Dick sucking mouth. And that's where I wanted to go with it. Look, I do not... Okay, a little bit of background first, okay? John Bonham is single-handedly the drummer that inspired me to want to get into percussion, okay? Okay. Um, So it's a very... It is honestly, all bullshit aside, a very passionate argument of of mine. Uh, Anytime. It doesn't even matter if I'm disagreeing with you, which I do. Um, It doesn't even matter if I'm disagreeing with you. It's the power that I feel whenever I talk about Bonzo is it's, it's real passion, right? It's real fucking shit. With that being said, I don't disagree that nobody's fault but mine is a motherfucking banger. One of one of Led Zeppelin's greatest songs, right? Yeah, it's I, the I honestly best feel Led Zeppelin way. song you've never heard of. I nobody's fault but mine is fucking incredible. Uh, but I'm not I'm not talking about Zeppelin songs. Oh, oh, excuse me. Oh, once again, I'm recording outside. Is that uh, a goddamn- thank you for fat chick walking by and, and like her thighs were rubbing against each other uh no that was a that horn was a, a horrific thigh rub that Good was a horn now. of a that was a horn of a car driving behind another car and they were angry um, oh you but know what, what you do you know what you do is you go horn blows does the driver i i wish i had a little paintball gun i could sit out here and just tap people when they go by no okay look <laughs> i don't i do so not. much fun I do not dispute the power of nobody's fault but mine, right? But that is not John Bonham's magnum opus. That is not Bonzo's. It's one of the band's greatest. But if we're just talking Bonham, which is what we're talking, you got to go. There's two tracks for me, and I cannot draw a line between them. And it would be Moby Dick. Uh, Moby Dick is is the closest thing and there's so many live versions of it where he goes off on like a fucking eight minute solo just doing his own thing right or there's another one minute version of Moby Dick a live version of Moby Dick it's like 15 minutes long and most of it most because it's all, like Moby Dick is like what a three four minute song yeah it's not a long song no yeah it, it, it most of Moby Dick live this fucking 16 minute monster version of it is just John Bonham for about 11 minutes going and see and that's what I wanted to that's the reason why it was like whenever you brought that up it was like Orion there's a time and a place and I ain't ready to do this with you right now because it's 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 not like I will never disagree that Zeppelin as a whole is you know this unquestionable power right but john bonham on his own is an unquestionable power right and then you listen to songs like uh like moby dick or out on the tiles that's out another big one for me yeah those these are closer to what i consider bonham masterpieces dude and like i okay i feel it dude. here's my retort specifically for moby dick versus nobody's fault but mine yeah the thing about Moby Dick 
that makes it John Bonham greatness, right? Is that it is filled with a 10-minute long John Bonham drum solo. Yeah? Drum solos are different. Of course, of course, Moby Dick would be up in the top of that conversation because it's got a 10-minute long drum solo. But in the context of a song, there are very few that really do a number the way that nobody's fault but mine does in the way that Bonzo's playing. He goes off. That middle fill, the da 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 that whole fucking bit, he is going off in crazy ways. He's not fast, except for in that song. He's fast in that song. It's like he wanted to show people, look, I can go fast too. I just don't like to play that way. I'm going to play heavy, heavy, heavy-handed stick. Well, see, but then what about, and uh, I, if I misquote this, I will I will punch myself in the throat. What about four sticks? What about it? Well, I mean, I mean, okay, it doesn't have a 10 fucking minute solo in it, but it is a, it's a Bonzo fucking powerhouse. You know what I mean? I feel yes. like it should at least be mentioned in the conversation and out on the tiles is, is a comprehensive fucking piece from the band where Bonham, I feel like he's just swinging his dick around at everybody the whole fucking song. Out on the tiles is a great song. But but it's one of those songs that very 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 few people know. It's a, it's no, yeah, a Led yeah. Zeppelin B side. Yes, you know what yes. I mean. Uh, like, so I start thinking about the drums and the way that you typically hear Bonzo. Right? You think of Cashmere, the You know what I mean? The it's thing a, is, about- it's a it's a slower beat, but it's so heavy in the way that he drops that stick on the head you know what i mean no yeah no he um that was one of the the things that i love is is what i can't believe candy store rock or a a a black dog you know lemon song where like the immigrant song that no uh lemon lemon song no the lemon song yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, but nowhere in the... Listen, I'm in, baby, the Jews run down my land. <laughs> but nowhere in this does John Bonham really get fast in the way that you think of, like, a Joey Jordanson being fast. Well, see, here's... Well, now you're talking. No, but uh, listen, hear me out. But in Nobody's Fault But Mine is probably the closest you'll ever get to John Bonham doing a Joey Jordanson impression. <sighs> okay, well, I the, hearing that statement made my butthole pucker up. I hated that. Um, only <laughs> because only because Bonzo was fucking dead before years you know, before. Yes, but but, but it, not in a literal hurt. fucking impersonation of Joey Jordanson's playing style. Obviously, they were separated by almost twenty years. You know what I mean? But. That is Are where you- John Bonham and and I think that especially that middle drum fill, right? That is where you get John Bonham and Joey Jordanson's Venn diagrams to cross over. And it's the only place they kind of cross over because they're such radically different drummers. They are arguably the top two, right? There are at least two of the four heads on the Mount Rushmore so, of drumming. Real quick, I have to I have to jump in only because I'm very angry. Very angry. I just got a text message. 
you, as you know, I've been sitting out in front of my apartment waiting for a very important delivery. Max in the house. Max in the house. I just got a text message that says FedEx delivery attempt failed. Wait, what? Yep. I've been sitting out here since eight o'clock this morning. I've been out here for several hours and the UPX, UPS, or I mean FedEx truck drove by, but it made no attempt there. I've been here. I haven't left for a single moment. And uh, I just got a notification saying that uh, delivery attempt failed. So um, I'm a little distracted right now. I definitely want to finish this conversation, but in a minute, I'm going to have to make a very pissed off phone call to FedEx. Yeah, no doubt. Okay. And tell them you have video evidence to prove it because you, you, you were following me that FedEx truck driving by. Yeah. I mean, you have, you literally have video evidence proving it. Yeah, fuck I do. you, FedEx. I'm actually, all jokes aside, I'm super pissed off right now. Yeah, no, I don't doubt it. Because, you know, that's fucking lame. Okay. Either way, I'm going to piss you off just a little bit more. Yeah, let's hear it. So, like I said, that's where... I think that nobody's fault but mine is where the, the, the two Venn diagrams of these drummers mesh. Because they're arguably two of the fucking greatest drummers of all time. But they are so radically different. And the only time you really hear Bonzo playing in that Joey Jordanson style right is in that fucking in that song and in the context of a song and not just a drum solo in the context of a song i am i'm hard pressed to come up with a with a song that is more interesting in the drums as far as uh uh i I mean because the other side of that coin is also bonzo gets held to a higher standard you know what i mean like his basic drums are better than your best drumming you're absolutely right so when I listen to Nobody's Fault But Mine, I just immediately my ear gravitates towards those drums and some of those speed fills and those, those rolls that he's doing are ungoddamn believable. And if I could ask Slipknot to cover one Zeppelin song and be that, and I want them to bring Joey back just because I'd love to hear Joey play that song. I would love to hear Joey Jordison do a tribute to John Bonham. Because, uh, you know, what's really funny is even though they're radically different, their their uh, attributes are still the same in the sense of I've always said that Joey Jordanson doesn't just play drum licks like he treats his drum licks like a guitar riff. It's very unique. It's not just repetitive. He's not just writing it out. He paints, a, a, he paints a picture, a through line he, picture with his beats. Exactly. Now, John Bonham does the same exact thing. Right. But he does it in a much simpler form. You well, know, their execution it, is where they differ, right? Because their traits and the way they go about constructing their beats is probably very similar. The and their execution, time, time signatures are all over the fucking. Oh yeah, both of, both of them. But their execution. I mean, Joey, Joey is incredibly fast. He's so light. He's so light on those on those sticks. You know what I mean? And it's just he's so fucking fast. Yeah, they are they are literally opposite sides of the same coin. Uh, it, it comparing the two almost doesn't seem right because it's like it's man, it's oranges apples, <laughs> right? Both wonderful and delicious, and and they it's really cool because they are both, uh, in my opinion, for the game that they played, they're at the top of it. Unquestionable. Yeah. Well, the other day, the other day, I uh, I dropped a a drum solo. On a group of friends of uh, uh, we, we we on a group of friend of our friends of ours, right? And uh, 
I was like, if you can tell me who this drummer is, <laughs> okay, if anybody else other than Nooch can tell me who this drummer is, I will be impressed. I was right, nobody knew. But not only did Nooch know, which I, I knew he would know who the drummer was, I didn't know he would come out with the track name and the album for which the track came. And he did. He dropped it. He's like, oh, that's Joey Jordanson. That's the drum solo from Disaster Pieces. You can go suck it, bitch. And I was just like, yes, yeah, sir, bravo. And uh, he got a slow clap for that shit. Like I, I, I have to say, I was, I was even really proud of myself. But something that we talked about shortly after that, we all discussed that out of any fucking DVD or anything like that I've ever owned, Disaster Pieces got more play than than anything I've ever owned. I, honest to God, I literally played that disc until it didn't work. Um, th- it's a two-disc set. The second disc has got like a bunch of videos and shit on it. That one, not as much. Uh, but the live concert disc, I literally played it until it didn't work. And as soon as you played, and there was no video, mind you, I'm proud of this. I'm bragging right now. Um, there was no video. It was only audio. I could, I could, I knew that cadence because I have listened to that drum solo six hundred fucking times, and I was like, oh yeah, that's. I, and I even said, I was like, I'm not sure, but I feel like that's disaster pieces. And oh, um, you, you knew, you knew, you, subconsciously, your brain was screaming at you. Yeah, I, I I knew exactly what was happening there. Um, but which leads me real quick to I want to talk about that disaster pieces DVD. I really fucking do because if we're talking about an earworm later on, fucking earworm. I'm gonna tell you to go to YouTube and watch that shit. Um, on the DVD, and it's strictly yeah, on the DVD. A, isn't there a a live accompaniment album as well? I believe so. Yes. Is uh, it it 9.0, is 9.0 the, the the accompaniment album to disaster. I pieces? do not know. I'm not gonna because I, I, I never. It. What album. I want to do is because if that's gonna be your earworm, then I'm definitely gonna try and get that, or at least a majority of those live versions of that song on a playlist. Um, but real quick on that DVD, there is a special feature right where they all have like helmet cams and there's very special little cameras set up all over, and you can watch the entirety of this concert through any of these cameras instead of getting all the different cinematic angles you can literally stick to like joey's camera sean's camera james's camera like you can go to anybody's fucking camera and watch the entire show through that and i'm telling you dude i played that dvd so many times i've watched joey jordanson play that set in london more times than i can honestly count like i sat on his camera and just and just admired his movement and his flow and his capability of fucking dominating the drum set He's so he's so smooth too in his motion and his action. There's no wasted energy. You know what I mean? I would literally give anything for footage like that of Bonzo. You know what I'm saying? Right. I like mean, I would you can get like how the West was won. By the way, I've got a great great concert story for you. Later I got on two, in the show. Yeah, I got a short one that you might. You know, we might as well just do it in this one. Let's just ride it out, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Alright. But I'm not ready to give it to you because I'm still having this Bonzo conversation. Well, and I'm also itchy to get Joey. the fuck off of here and fucking yell at FedEx. Oh, you want to cut it short? We can cut it short. You know what? Why don't Let's we... Cut it short and wipe it deep. Why don't we take a break here and come back with some concert stories and some fucking earworms? Yeah, alright. Because I've yeah. got a good... I've got a really good concert story of a concert that I was technically at. 
Okay. Well, I've got a pissed off phone call to make, and I'll give you an update whenever we come back. And this has been Advanced Listening. We will return right after a message from our sponsors. Go fuck yourselves. So, um, I know I'm going to end up going back whenever, whenever I listen to this episode to kind of prove it. Um, <clears throat> I know I'm going to regret my lack of attention at the end of that last segment. And I got to say, I'm, I'm fucking mad, dude. I'm heated. Why? Well, okay. So everybody, I've made it painfully obvious that I'm waiting on a computer and, um, we knew whenever we saw the the computer itself ship through FedEx, we were like, "Son of a bitch!" Um, the New Orleans postal postal even I don't give a fuck if it's the post office or FedEx. The parceling services of New Orleans, dude. UPS is pretty on the up and up, right? Like I I I have okay. no so far, um, but I have an issue with your post office. Yeah, yeah. We, you know what? You should tell that story too. Um, but real quick, uh. The short version is I started waiting outside of my apartment building at around 9 a.m. And the package was estimated to be delivered at 1030. I need to be clear. I don't give a fuck if I had to sit out there until three o'clock. I don't care when the package comes as long as it comes. Um, right. The fucking UPS dude, the same dude that's always in my apartment building dropping off shit. Right. He rolls down the street while you and I are recording right he parks right at the corner store that i always buy my blunts at which is literally directly across the street from my building he parks there he goes inside he buys something to drink he comes back out and he fucking leaves about about three or four minutes later i get that text that you heard me reference saying that there was a fucking attempted delivery since then i got pissed right i make sure to not be a belligerent douche when you're on the phone talking to corporate or whatever because it's not going to get you anywhere right and so i i calmly speak to these customer service people and they're literally acting like it's my fault they're like well we'll um we'll try to reattempt uh again monday i was like excuse me and for those who don't know what is it friday right now yes yeah it's friday now they're telling me that they'll try to ship it again they'll try to bring it to me again monday i'm trying to explain to them this dude literally stopped his truck and fucking left like i was standing there i wasn't on the other side of the glass i wasn't taking a shit i was right there and the part that really just gets my fucking goat about this whole thing is that it seems to be okay that this dude is not doing his job like i wouldn't be pissed well, there's if- a there's there's go ahead you showed me video you showed me video of him like looking at you he looked deciding eh dead and then getting in his truck and fucking off dead at me dude and like uh, i go to the corner store across the street because i'm really cool with these dudes clearly i'm over there buying blunts and beer all the fucking time um 
I go over there and I'm like, right. hey man, can I, can I look at your video footage? Like I and and they should and dude, it's exactly what it looks like, man. He comes in and then on the way out with the video that I sent you, you see him stop before he gets in his truck. He looks over at the building that I'm waiting at. And then he gets in his truck and drives the fuck away. Bro, I don't care if it took two weeks to get this computer as long as the motherfucker dropping it off drops it off. Right. Fuck. Like, I'm just, I don't know, well, dude. I'm, I'm trying to cool down from it. But you even have your own little fucking post office story. Yeah, for your birthday, I tried to send you something in the mail. And it just disappeared. Never got there. Uh, the, 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 the tracking says it was delivered. It's not delivered. It's not delivered. Uh, I just... And like a lot of I people say, oh, a fundamental issue at the parceling services of New Orleans. Maybe somebody in your building took it or maybe let me let me explain something. And I don't want this to sound like I'm being bougie, but almost everyone that lives in my building is either a cop or a medical professional. Bougie. Yeah. For those of you on the West Coast means posh. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Fancy. Or or bougie posh preppy it's all kind so of the same my thing. point is i live in a mildly posh slash fancy slash bougie building so there's no one in my building that's just going to be like sifting through parcels to see what they can fucking find right right there's no crackheads stealing packages. no not no not over here and like it's just i don't know man it, it honestly it put me in a funk so my apologies to the end of that last segment one of these days probably in fucking season two we'll get back on bonham versus somebody else even though that wasn't a versus but you know what i'm saying we'll we'll have the conversation again whenever i can commit more of my fucking energy to it can i tell you a story that might cheer you up sure so i got a new dishwasher and the dishwasher installer, we'll call him dishwasher guy. Hey, wait, no, can we call him Kyle? <laughs> we can call him Kyle. Oh, yeah. He kind of looked like a Kyle. Is that where the stories go? <laughs> All right, go for it. Go for it. Okay. So dishwasher guy or Kyle <laughs> uh, shows up at my house. He calls me up. He says, hey, man, I'm running early. Can I come by? I'll be by in about 20 minutes. I said, fair enough. Nooch was dealing with FedEx and their ridiculousness at the time. So we could take a break from our recording schedule. And uh, dishwasher guy, Kyle, shows up. And I knew exactly what I was going to be dealing with. The second he walked into my door, I fucking knew what was going to happen, right? I was watching him get out of his truck. And I just, I, I fucking knew. Just, I goddamn knew it. You dude. could just feel I it. I goddamn knew you it. You could feel it in your fucking bones. Now... There is a guy out there I like to refer to as truck guy. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Truck guy. What's truck guy? Truck guy obviously has a truck that is lifted with a light bar and an obnoxious fuck you bumper on the front and those black coal rolling fucking tailpipes and they have tribal tattoos and they wear affliction t-shirts and their favorite band is Godsmack and Five Finger Death Punch hey, wait, wait, and wait. they wear flat billed hats can, and it, can I, th- it's truck guy. Can I tell you the one thing the one thing truck guy got right? What? Truck nuts. Truck nuts. Alright, fair enough. Okay. 
That's it. I do have to say, whenever I say a set of truck nuts, I'm always like, yeah, I am too. I am too. They're just like swinging, going down the road. I'm like, it's just a, it's a Beavis and Butthead juvenile response, but I'm always like, hey, yeah, but nuts. you typically only see truck nuts with truck guy, right? Yeah, only truck guy puts on truck nuts, but you that's for damn, but they're good at it. I, I like it. I like truck nuts. So Kyle walks into my house, we start working on the dishwasher, right? And his buddy calls. Well, he's he's just getting started on the dishwasher. And his buddy's like, dude, we're out here at the lake. We're totally partying. When are you going to get done with work? Did you see the pictures of those titties I sent you? You're fucking kidding me? Giddy. No, I'm giddy at this point. Nooch, I was giddy. I was sitting there like Archer just going, yay. I was giddy because I knew exactly what I was dealing with at that point, right? <coughs> okay. And I'm like... I wait till after he gets off the phone and I'm trying really hard not to eavesdrop on this conversation. Right. Right. Because it was fascinating. It was like, it was like Jane Goodall watching gorillas. It was fascinating. Um, hey, what a, what a like, pool. Uh, I was what like, a pool. Good. <laughs> what a pool. Thank you, yeah. man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so I look at him. I was like, you guys going to the lake? You're getting a little Friday fucking action in at the lake? He goes, oh yeah, you're going to go to the lake. But, uh, got another job after this one and then I got to run home and grab my party truck <laughs> and I went wait what dude, what did you just say dude, I bet the party truck he's like yeah man I got a work truck and I got a party truck I bet the party and I'm like that's amazing that is that is awesome <laughs> the most awesome thing I've heard in a long time and he goes yeah you want to see pictures and I'm like, oh, I absolutely want to see pictures of your fucking party truck. Of course I want to see fucking party truck pictures. Because of course his phone is filled. His his, his phone little picture app on his phone yeah. is filled with pictures of his truck. Yeah. And not him and his friends with the truck in the background, yeah. but just, just the truck. The truck. <laughs> right? And all the wonderful chrome bits that see I had to put the chrome on. And I got, you know, I got the new fucking, uh, the axle. We had the axle replaced because I needed it chromed out. And I'm like, of course. Of course. Fucking of course. He's got a chrome winch on the front of his his fucking party truck. His party truck is canary yellow, I was going to say, the party truck doesn't get in the mud, though. What the fuck do you... No, it does not. No, it does not. Fuck no, that goddamn thing does not go in the mud. Them rims are shinier than anything I own. What the fuck are you going to use a winch for? You just got money. I have no idea, but it was chromed the fuck out. It was amazing. (laughs) You know what, dude? You know me pretty fucking well, because you're right. That cheered me up. For a minute there, I almost forgot that I want to go work for FedEx because I don't have to do my job. Okay. It gets better, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. He starts working on the dishwasher and I get the, I'm talking to a friend of ours at the time. I was going back and forth with a friend of mine named uh, uh, Jorge. And uh, I was telling Jorge what, what was going to happen. I went down and I started going through some of my music library and I was like, oh, I have it. And I put on God's Smacks <laughs> straight out of line. You're fucking killing me. Loud enough for him to hear it in the kitchen, right? I go back up to the kitchen. I get up to the kitchen where he's working. He's singing it under his breath. I could fucking hear him singing goddamn Godsmack under his breath. He looks at me and goes, oh, man, I love Godsmack. And I'm like, I know, I you, know do. you do. I know you do, Kyle. I know you love Godsmack. Why do you think I put Godsmack on for no. you? He's like, oh, I love this song, man. I've been listening to Godsmack since I was in junior high. And I'm like, I know you, know have. you have. 
I know you I have, have a question. You got a tribal armband tattoo while listening to Godsmack, I, didn't you? In your party truck, mind you. I have a question for you. Yes. Do you think dishwasher Kyle... <laughs> do, you, do you think dishwasher Kyle uh, is a white claw guy or like a bud lime guy? He is a keystone. No, no. He is a hey. Coors Light guy because he is all about Colorado. Did you remember? Do you remember those ads? The Keith, the Keith Stone ads. Were yes. Those, were yes. those not the best? That almost made you want to fucking drink a Keith. Not enough. Not enough. But the only the only cheap beer ad that has ever made me consider drinking said cheap beer was the Bush ads with that dude who's like, mm, no, that's ridiculous. Do you know what I'm talking no. about? It's the one guy who's like, yeah, don't ever bust out with Kumbaya at a fucking campground full of oh, men. Oh, yeah. You're yes, yes. <laughs> no, yeah, for me, the, the biggest multi-million dollar ad campaign to work on me was absolutely Keith fucking Stone. He's so smooth, Keith dude. Stone. He was so smooth. Like, that mullet was fucking legendary, dude. <laughs> okay, so oh. I tell him... Yeah. I tell him, dude, I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty big... I tell Dishwasher Kyle that I'm a pretty big fan of, uh, of music. I get pretty obsessed. He goes, yeah, me too. And I'm like, really? Who are your favorites? He goes, well, I love Pantera. And I'm like, yes, of course. That's good. That's good. Can you guess his next band that he tells me is his absolute I, favorite and then proceeds to tell me a concert story I'm about gonna, it? I'm gonna assume, and I really, if I get this right, goddamn, if I get this right, is it Nickelback? Go ahead. Is it Nickelback? No. Okay. No. And I'm so disappointed Ooh. that you didn't get this five finger. Oh, well, yeah. Well, goddamn. Okay. All right. Well, see, here's the thing. He definitely falls into the Nickelback crowd. He just has way too much of a, a macho dude complex. So he falls for. Him. Yeah. No, no, no. Because I asked him if he was a fan of Creed and he goes, no, it's too soft for me. And I'm oh, like, so oh, it's just your, you. so you. your five finger death punch guy. <laughs> Yeah, oh, he's Five Finger Death Punch guy. Oh, I love him. It was so much fun fucking with this guy. I had, listen, I had an in-depth, like, uh, we're getting ready to go on this camping trip, so I asked him, because he seemed like the kind of guy that knows all the ins and outs of camping and hunting and fishing in Colorado, right? right? And, I, and he gave me some really good information. And then he gave me a bit of information at the end of all of, of the good information that just made me go, wait, what? And press further. He says, yeah, man, pretty much if you want to just like you can go anywhere in the state forests in Colorado and you don't have to pay to camp as long as you're not on a designated campground. Right. So, you, right. Can, you know, uh, uh, camp out along one of the many rivers or something. Right. And he goes, yeah, and they don't care if you just shoot your guns. And I'm like, oh, really? He goes, yeah, you could just shoot if you want to shoot. You guys can shoot. I'm like, cool. And then proceed to have a very in-depth conversation with him about hunting. Um so much so like we were getting into the differences between broadheads and shorthead arrows as it relates to elk hunting with a bow now, okay so wait kyle i here's do not know a little bit I, ahead I, wait shoulders. wait i don't know anything about hunting i don't know shit dick about hunting everything i know about hunting i got from the joe rogan podcast because joe rogan likes to hunt and he has hunters like steve Rinella on and they talk hunting for hours okay. right so all this information i'm just bullshitting my way through this conversation with him right he's like yeah man he goes and tells me, he goes, yeah, well, if you ever find yourself with an elk, 
that you know may or may not have died as a result of your actions but you don't have a tag you let me know man i i got the loophole fucking goddamn down for you and i'm like of course you know the loopholes and of course we're gonna remain in contact after this visit oh yeah (laughs) I will definitely call you, Kyle. I, I will say you are at the top of my contact. I will list. say, as far as uh, you know, Colorado truck guy goes, Kyle, Kyle's Kyle seemed okay, right? Like, I mean, yeah. No, no, no. You have to understand. Based on the interaction he was having with his friend, yeah. I can deduce two things from Kyle the dishwasher yeah. guy. What's that? He is as bad as you think he is. Yeah. But he's very good at maintaining a professional demeanor while on a job site. Which is a step above the norm. So I'll give him the tip of the hat. Fair enough. But I'll give him the tip. Tip just the I tip. mean tr- only truck guy, only truck guy is that fast to, to ask and bust out with pictures <laughs> of their truck. <laughs> I can't get over that. Like, it was one of the first things he asked me. He was like, hey, you want to see pictures of my truck? And I was like, yes, yeah. I do. Yes, please. I'm about and to. And there were so many. It's so funny. There I were can just, so many. I can just see you frothing at the mouth, knowing that you were about to finish your fucking podcast doing all of this. You're just like, all you're thinking about is advanced listening and exploiting. Oh, you have no idea. In my head, I heard at the second he said that he had been listening to Godsmack since junior high. In my head, I heard the Mortal Kombat guy go, Finish it. <laughs> you, you, are absolutely, you are absolutely right, though. That is a goddamn good story. And uh, it made me feel a lot better. Hey, dude, do you have a concert story? Because I've got a short one, but I do have one. I have the weirdest concert story. So we were talking about Led Zeppelin and John Bonham earlier. Yeah. So, <laughs> Bonham passes away in what late september of 1980 earlier that summer led zeppelin had been touring in the states and my mother went to go see led zeppelin play no, nice. at said concert she would meet the eventual genetic donor for half of my genetic material hey. um so i wasn't at the concert but the genetic material that would eventually make up the construct of orion what? Dude, I say I say so, count it. Technically, I may have seen Led Zeppelin. Yeah, no, that that that's <clears throat> yeah, it counts. Count it. Hey, count it. Put it in the book. Yeah, put it in. We need Mark Albert. Yes. You have you have that's good for two. You have in a roundabout way, like you basically saw the equivalent of Led Zeppelin if you got blackout drunk before you went into the arena. You know. I have a better Led Zeppelin experience than somebody who is say high on blow and blackout. Right, you have a better Led Zeppelin. And actually, at you the have show. a better Led Zeppelin experience than me, which is none. So that's unfortunate. Nooch, yeah. yeah. here's what we need what? to do. We we need our listeners. Uh, wonderful, wonderful listeners that they are. They're absolutely great. Look at you. To Venmo us a couple million dollars so we could put on a private concert featuring, uh, for just me and Newt, mind you, none of you stank motherfuckers get to go to this thing. But uh, we're going to hire Led Zeppelin to play my backyard hey, for me. Wait, Newt, wait. With Jason Bonham on drums. No, better yet, with Joey Jordanson on drums for Led Zeppelin and a private concert for me and you in my backyard, paid for by our wonderful listeners, which 
absolutely do not get to go because they stank and I don't want them anywhere near my Yeah, and, and Joey's going to wear a Bonzo mask instead of the Kabuki mask. Fair yeah. enough. Hey. Um, right, with the wild Bonzo hair. Yeah, yeah, to- totally. And that's that's absolutely reasonable, once again, by the way. This is not... I think that's a fair request. you come on to my fucking podcast and flex about being best friends with Elon Musk? Yes, but Elon Musk does not like Led Zeppelin. Oh, okay. So he would he, he wouldn't have anything Musk, to do with it. Yeah, Elon Musk, oddly enough, huge Dr. Dre fan. <laughs> I didn't know where Dr. Dre I didn't know where you were. Buster Rhymes. He likes old nineties gangster rap. You know, huge like early ice cube. It doesn't surprise me. Actually, I, I don't doubt that. I, that is Skrillex. Skrillex. He listens to a lot of Skrillex. A lot of Skrillex, and and what he does in his in, when he's when he's working at Tesla and making new cars, he's, he'll mix the two. <laughs> so it's you know it's Snoop Dogg's doggy style mixed over some Skrillex. I uh I, I got a quick concert story for you. Um, we, we does it involve Skrillex or Elon? No, neither Musk? neither one of those fucking. Elon needs to put out his own line of colognes and call them Elon's Musk. It's too obvious, man. No, it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> so we, we, we did actually a little talking about Joey and uh, Slipknot and stuff like that today. So that made me think this is a quick one. Uh, a quick concert story. Um, two th- August of 2004. I will never forget the date. I'm pretty sure it was actually August 18th of 2004. Um, Slipknot, Hatebreed, and Slayer are, are playing a show. And I'm at that show. I'm there with my buddy Chris, and uh, he's 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 quite a bit bigger than me, right? Two of me. He's like two nooches, like I guess the size of a regular person, right? And uh, <laughs> I, I, I think. <laughs> he said the regular person. I've been. He's always like normal sized. I've been. Uh, I've been uh, <laughs> crowd surfing. I've been crowd surfing like the whole fucking show. The size of a wood nymph. Yeah, I mean mostly. Yes. <laughs> He's so tiny. You just put him in your pocket and give him an M M&M and M every hour. Will we fuck? Shut the fuck up and listen for a fucking second. <laughs> <laughs> Nooch is jealous of Santa Claus's elves for their height. Ah! <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Oh, shit. So, Nooch was actually approached to play Frodo because they wouldn't have to use any CGI. <laughs> well, it, you know what's funny is I do have hobbit feet, too. I got hairy feet. I'm a fairly... <laughs> I'm a fairly hairless dude, but my... my t- I've got a lot of foot hair. It's weird. <laughs> hey, listen. So, um, so oh, I'm trying good. to talk my dude into crowd surfing like this whole fucking show, right? And he keeps telling me, he's like, you know, of course it's easy for you. Like, look at you. You know, people will throw you. You like half right. a human. And um, I, I eventually. Oh, hold on. There we go. I eventually talk him into crowd surfing, right? Slipknot is on, and they're fucking banging it out, dude. It's going crazy. It's Slipknot song. And I guess we just weren't thinking about the timing. But he was like, we're in a group of people in the pit, right? And he's like, I want to go up. I want to go up. And so a 
you know, group of dudes that will throw you up into crowd surfing, reach and grab him and throw him up. You know, I swear to God, no sooner than his body left their hands, the fucking music stopped. Like, there was wah, wah. the last note of the song was played, like right in the air, and a fucking circle formed where his body was and and it was the equivalent of like four dudes picking my friend up and just throwing his ass in the air right he was just like and just wiped out so fucking hard man like he didn't even touch another person in the crowd he just got thrown onto the concrete and that was that was the last time he ever fucking tried to crowd surf that's my that's funny you got an earworm today buddy yes I do so a uh, band called August Burns Red, uh, they're, they are a band that has some of the weirdest breakdowns in metal. And I'll explain why. Okay. Because randomly, in the middle of like a metalcore song, they will break down with a surf guitar. Like straight up 1958 fucking surf music. Yeah. You know what I mean? They will bust out with a country western breakdown. Just this line dance or square dancing kind of line dancing jig in the middle of a goddamn metalcore song. You you have me intrigued. They are they're an odd so, duck. Uh, specifically, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you three. That's songs what I was about to me. ask is what are what are we gonna add to the uh, to the playlist because I'm interested into digging into that. It's a song called Identity. Uh, the other one, the the that's the one with the surf guitar. Right, the one with the country west guitar is a song called Majoring in Minors, and then one of my favorite songs that they do a song called uh, Empty or excuse me Broken Promises. Okay, they're all off the same album, which is found in faraway places. And the reason they're my earworm is because they just recently put out a new album called Guardians. And as I was advanced listening to Guardians, the new album, getting into the new shit. I just got nostalgic for some old, uh, old, older. I mean, they're only like 10 years old, but you know, it's one of their first uh, albums. So I started listening to Found in Faraway Places again. And I remembered why I got into this bed in the first place. So that's why they're my ear one. What about you? I actually, I'm, I'm copping out. I already mentioned it earlier. Um, but the more we talk about it, the more I can't get it out of my head. So if any of you guys got a little time on your hands, go to fucking, I guess, you know, YouTube probably. Although I don't like using YouTube as a video source. If you really wanted my opinion, just order the fucking DVD. But buy it give slip not your yeah, money give slip you already know where i'm going just buy give slip not your money or go to youtube and look up just give slip not your money watch watch anyone it doesn't nooch it really doesn't matter who you were gonna say next you know what i mean you could have said mudvayne static eggs deftones tool you know around a, a, a perfect circle insert any band you wanted to put my response to you would have been yes, but give slip, give not, slip your not your money. Um, th- you don't have to watch all of it, any amount. I, I of course, once I started, I can't finish or I can't stop. It's like a, it's a ritual that must be completed. Um, but I recommend going and watching any of the concert footage from Disaster Pieces. It is Slipknot at their best, at one of their best shows. Like, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. You can really dig into the Slipknot library and get into some of their fucking 90s shows, their late 90s shows, where they were just fucking crushing it in small, intimate venues. Dude, some of those, some of those 1999 OzFest yeah. shows, 
were god yeah no, they wild. were they were very very wild uh during the release of the self-titled album and so if you ever get a chance to see any of those fucking like dive bar type shows they're they're worth watching as well but yeah that's my earworm is to go to youtube look up disaster pieces and just watch some of that concert footage it's it's very unique and it's fucking incredible i was uh i was actually saving this for when we did a slipknot episode but uh when i saw slipknot for the first time at ozfest in 99 For whatever That's... reason, Paul Gray, the bassist, became rather annoyed with the clown, yeah. Sean. Like, rather annoyed to the point where he took his fucking bass and smashed him in the yeah. gut with it. Dude, they, um, Chris... That's the kind of violence. The guy with the nose, Chris, and then Sean, the clown, they will yeah, yeah. get into, especially in the 90s. This is, you're talking during the orange jumpsuit phase, which is incredible. Yes, exactly. Uh, they, exactly. When 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 Paul Gray used to win yeah, Big Yeah, yeah, dude. Um, but Sean and Chris would get into. We got to stop doing this. This is total Slipknot fodder. But they yeah, they would do. get into blown <laughs> fist fights on stage. They would roll around beating the shit out of each other. It's wonderful. It's chaos in its in its truest form. Something tells me that Sean the Clown got off on pissing off his bandmates in the early years to the point to where they would want oh, to fight yeah, no, he would walk around the stage without a microphone or a drumstick and just slap someone in the fucking face like like yeah, yeah dude yeah like but you know what they'd never miss a beat yeah. right oh god early slipknot was so we violent. gotta stop we gotta, so we gotta very stop. Violent. i don't want to bust that we do have to stop <laughs> we have to stop and on that note Go fuck yourself. I mean, this is advanced listening.